stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Dodgers Nation, D-Mac here. We're here for another episode of the Dodgers Nation Roundtable, and today I'm joined by Mr. Clint Pesillas at Real FRG. Go follow him. Mr. Brooks Smith, you can follow him at Brookme... Uh, wait a minute. Brookme3. Brookme3. Yeah, yeah, and then we are joined by my, one of my closest friends. I met him like 10 minutes ago. Mr. <laughs> Jeff Snyder, one of the authorities on Dodger baseball, one of the foremost experts on all things with your boys in blue. Snyder, dog. Thanks for joining us today, man. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's been a great 10 minutes so far, and I'm looking forward to at least 10 more. We really hit it off, guys. We're like, we're like this, man. BFFs. Um, yeah, BFS, man. Like yeah. Puig, Ryu, it's something like that. But, uh, yep, yeah, guys, welcome to another episode of Dodgers Nation Roundtable. Today, we got a jam-packed show. We're talking cardiac Kimbrel. We're talking about the newest addition to the Dodgers, the Trace Thompson trade. Also, should L.A. shake up their lineup? We're going to dive into that. But first, we have to talk about the trade for Trace Thompson. Thompson is tracing his steps back to L.A. The Dodgers, of course, they made the move yesterday, trading cash considerations for Trace Thompson. And first, I want to ask you, Jeff, what are fair expectations for Trace Thompson? We understand that he's dealt with injuries in the past. He's been raking at the AAA level, an OPS of 1,086 with 17 dingers. But what are fair expectations that Dodgers fans should have for Clay Thompson's bro? Uh, uh, you know, for me, anybody who's been raking at AAA, uh, my fair expectation is always to remember, so did Luke Rayleigh, so did DJ Peters, so did Steven Souza Jr. And, and basically, I mean, the expectations for Trace Thompson is to fit in the uniform and put a glove on and go out and stand in right field uh, anytime a left-hander's pitching until Mookie Betts comes back and just count anything above that as a bonus. Yeah, and then you talked about it on your Twitter yesterday that you're excited about having him back. What are you so excited about when it comes to Trace Thompson being back on the Dodgers? Yes, Brooke, what are you so excited about? Listen, guys, I think you know by now I have a weird obsession with, like, fringy athletic type of players. I mean, you can count Tim LaCastro into that. I still have a Tim LaCastro sticker on yeah. my laptop. It doesn't I make like any sense. I like that I just, like, reminded me of Reminded that. me of I today. forgot it was there, yeah. I mean, it's been, Tim, like, three years. Timmy Lowe's my first love. Everybody knows that. Uh, Matt Beatty was supposed to hook me up with a uh, one-on-one with him just for the sake of, I don't know. Love. I don't yeah, know. That never happened. Some snuggles. Yeah, yeah, something like that. BFF stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I know you. what was going to happen there, but I love the athletic type of guys. There's potential there, obviously. I think uh, I predicted a Trace Thompson home run when I was at a game one time, and ever since then, I've just been obsessed with the guy, and he was one of those dudes where I was like, this guy has the potential. He has a high ceiling. He never actually had high ceiling, and I accept that, but when you're talking about what he could bring to the table, good fill-in option. I mean, obviously, Mookie Betts is a superstar. You lost a superstar. No one is ever going to meet that potential. No one's ever going to meet your expectations. No one's going to do what you want them to do. And AAA is an entirely different ball game. Like you said, so many guys yeah. just mash at AAA and then come up and are like completely lost at the plate. Because big leagues are big leagues for the reason that they are. So I don't expect a lot out of them, but I'm excited to watch them play still. Yeah, it's a different thing to hit at the AAA level versus hitting in the show. And of course, I think the encouraging news, it doesn't seem like it's anything serious with Mookie Betts. He's going to be back hopefully in a few weeks. That's the expectation right now. 
hopefully he can heal that McRib. But I have a question for you, Clint. When it comes to when Mookie Betts is ready to come back, is Trace Thompson going to stick around, or will the Dodgers be without a Trace? I think I think when they went out and got this dude, I think the idea is that he's going to be that fourth outfielder for a semi-foreseeable stretch. He's going to fill that role they really wanted Pilar to do, and then he decided to just, you know, shatter immediately. I can see him. I mean, he's probably going to be the first option to get cut, but I could also I would not be terribly surprised to see him if he has any semblance. You know, if he's throwing up like a, an 84 weighted runs created plus, that's good enough to, to stick as a fourth outfielder especially if he's getting some you know he's still a fast dude he's handsome you know throw him out there in LA he's gonna have some power yeah I think he could survive for a little bit longer not through the trade deadline though that's for damn sure it could be a great story 13 dingers for the Dodgers in 2016 he was hot during that month of May and I'm hoping that this is the year that Trace Thompson becomes Trace Thompson not Clay Thompson's brother be a great story but hey hopefully Michael Thompson's son and Michael Thompson's son can't forget about that and fake Clay maybe at some point too right but moving right along we're gonna talk about Craig Kimbrell, the most maligned Dodger at the moment. Lots of Dodger fans, they are up in arms about Craig Kimbrell. Look, he's it's been painful to watch him pitch, and not just because it looks like he's stuck in a pillory. It's the fact that he's allergic to clean innings right now. He's just not getting it done. He's allowed to run in eight of his last 13 appearances. And for you, Mr. Jeff Snyder, you're a guy that you can, you know, you hold up the sky when the sky is falling for Dodger fans. You're very optimistic. And if you look at his bad bip right now, it's the second highest among relievers. If you look at his versus ERA, a big disparity there. Give Dodger fans something to be encouraged about when it comes to Craig Kimbrell. I, I, the thing to be encouraged about is his stuff is still good. There's no reason why he's this bad. And I, I think what, what Craig Kimbrell needs is for the offense to help him out. Give him a couple three-run three, three run saves. Give him a couple uh, not even a save situation because they're up by five run. You know, where he can come in, if he can get like five or six of those in a row, it's kind of you know, where, okay, I gave up a couple hits this time but we still won the game, so people don't want to kill me. Yeah. You know, kind of give him that, that runway because... Yeah, he needs a mental reset, it feels yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and the best version of this Dodgers bullpen has a dominant Craig Kimbrell in the back. That's why they keep giving him the, the chances because in October, if Kimbrell's dominant, then that means you got Hudson and Trinan and Gratterall and Dustin May and everybody leading up to him, and it just makes the October bullpen more dominant. So it's totally worth it to give him every chance you can because the stuff is still good. The, the potential is still there. And I think he's going to get there. It's just I don't know if it's going to be today against the Reds or if it's going to be three weeks from now. But I think he's going to get there because there's no reason that he's this bad. Yeah, I think that you made some great points right there. We look That's at his stuff. That's, That's what he what does. Do, That's why he's on this show. We're happy to have this legend here, the Snide Dog. But yeah, I mean, like you said, the stuff is still there. The velo is still trending in the right direction. You're still seeing him punch guys out. It's really getting the feel for that, that curveball and just kind of getting the head and counts. But when you look at it, yeah. just one blown save on the season. And Dodger fans, they're ready to trade him for a bag of chips and a Gatorade, right? I got Dodger fans on my post-game show saying they're going to send their anger management bills to the Dodgers because of Craig Kimbrell. And yes, Craig Kimbrell has been Craig Crumble at times. But like you said, it's very encouraging. A 232 fit, a 412 BABIP. But Brooke, I want to go to you because I know you're a big fan of A.J. Pollock, right? And I know that this team could use a right-handed 
add an outfielder at the moment. If you could go back and not make this trade, AJ Pollock for Craig Kimbrell, would you reverse history? What would you do, bro? No, I mean, that's the funny thing. AJ Pollock has one hit against the Dodgers, and all the Dodgers fans are like, what a terrible trade. Yeah. What an awful, no good, terrible trade. I'm going to give one of the best closers of our generation, and which Craig Kimbrell is, considering everything that he's put together, the resume that he's put together. Incredible closer, yeah, incredible all reliever. Of candidate right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're talking about something like that versus no disrespect to AJ Pollock. I love AJ Pollock. I think he's a great dude. I think that his family's awesome. I think that he put together a pretty good resume in LA. He did it on a really, really good contract for the Dodgers, like in a phenomenal contract for the Dodgers, everything that he did. There's no way you go back in time and take that away, especially knowing the condition of our bullpen right now. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you can make an argument against that because right now it's like Kimbrel's your elite reliever. And then beyond that, you're like a bunch of guys that have just happened, got thrown together. We weren't expecting a lot of guys to have this big of a role at this point in the season. We weren't expecting a lot of guys to step up in the way that they always, you know, somehow just find a way to do every single year. But you're missing a Blake Trinan. You're not expecting a Dustin May back till later in the year. You're not expecting a Danny Duffy till later in the season. I mean, there's just so many arms missing out of that bullpen right now. I don't know how you look at it and you're like, you know who would really help this team? Uh, the, the, the 200-hitting A.J. Pollock or whatever he's at right now. Yeah. That's what we need. It would be nice to have Pollock right at this moment with Mookie Hurt. For this the exact next, moment. For the next week and a half, yeah, it would be nice to have Pollock. Yeah. But yeah. not with, nearly enough to... On, on what, the Trace Thompson right, contract, right. by the way. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, That's exactly. I mean, mil. I think it just comes at a time when Pollock's going loco right now. The month of June at 157 WRC+. plus. He's definitely heating up, but Craig can Crimble, Craig Kimbrell, there's still time Craig for him Crimble. to turn it around. I still think that he, I think still at the end of the day, it's not going to be considered a bust of a trade, but I have to ask you this, Clint. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, will the Craig Kimbrell trade be considered a bad trade, a good trade, or a great trade by the Dodgers? I think it's going to be something that nobody's going to care about in a couple years because there are <laughs> two dudes on expiring contracts. Uh, you needed a reliever at the time. You didn't have the money to go out and re-sign Ken Jansen, and he's laughing at us now, by the way, apparently. But uh, we'll, we'll say, no, I, it's a, it's a non-factor of a trade. Okay, so how about you? A bad, good, or a great trade by the Dodgers at the end of the day, Brooke? Fine. I think That's it's a great me. trade. A great In my trade. opinion, it's a great trade because it fills the need for the Dodgers that we really need, cuts an area that we didn't need at all, and we did not need A.J. Pollock. We still do not need A.J. Yeah. Pollock. Ask it would be nice to have him October. right now. Ask me, okay, how about you? <laughs> That's, uh, what I, That's what I was going to say. If, still premature. if the 2022 World Series video ends with Craig Kimbrell doing the Julio impression and striking out to do to end the World Series and yeah, go from this yeah. to this, yeah. then great trade. Then great trade. As but it is right now, good trade. Solid trade. Maybe nothing nothing burger. And that's what I've been saying on the post-game show. It's going to be a moot point because Dustin May is going to get those final three outs for the Dodgers, closing wow. it out in Game 7 against he's the Yankees. He's going to start that okay. game, and then he's going to close that game. He's going to take Can I make Baller. one more point, Doug? Absolutely. One of the things that we were talking about on Locked on Dodgers, my other podcast, check it, it about out. about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The Dodgers don't have so. that built-in loyalty to Kimbrel that they had to Kenley. If Kimbrel is not right in October, he will not pitch. Right. They're not going to put him in there because they feel like they have to or they're worried about his feelings or anything. Whoever closes out the winning game in the World Series is going to be who deserves to be there on the mound. Whereas in the Absolutely. past, there was Kenley's yeah. feelings to worry about, and we're not going to have to worry about that with Kimbrel. That's a fantastic point. I think you're 100% on the money with that one. You don't have those same ties. But at the end of the day, these Dodger fans, they love to get on the close 
Bellinger. I've had people just roast him in the comments when he has a bad game, but still, like you said, the stuff is there. Is the, a lot of encouraging numbers that point to the fact that he is going to turn around. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you're not going to have Doc trying to massage his ego like they would Kenley yeah, for so many say, years. I don't, and I don't think Dave can take those questions again, and I don't think we could deal with answering those questions, those questions again <laughs> in the offseason of, of, oh, you guys didn't make, you guys didn't win a World Series, and you did this, or you, you so many, you know, poor decisions, whatever. What he did, what Dave did in 2020, you know, he, he did the F your feelings, we're going to go out here and win, kind of regress, regress in 2021. I think that's a big-time learning curve, and agree. Yeah, and then final it's, point, just look at what he did in, gonna, in, uh, in 20, you know, in the, with the Red Sox. I mean, he was demoted there, too, so like, he's had situations in the past. They, nice they moved him off. World Series, huh? <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. Moving right along. So with the Dodgers offense struggling of late and the lineup looking like it could use a spark, Mr. Jeff Snyder, would you consider doing a lineup shakeup maybe at the top of the order, maybe through one through four, maybe the bottom of the lineup, maybe moving Gavin Lux up? Because if you look at this Dodgers offense, it has most definitely been a June swoon. If you look at this Dodgers offense compared to May, averaging three and a half runs per game this month compared to six in May, the injury to Mookie Betts, a lot of guys struggling in the meat of that order. What would you do? If you're Dave Roberts to help this lineup score some more runs, you know Gavin Lux is the big one that I that I think about there. I, I think some of Lux's success might be because he's batting ninth. There's no pressure. He's thriving in that spot. But Gavin Lux, especially how he's performing right now, has everything you would want in a leadoff hitter. And with Mookie Betts out for the next couple of weeks, I know they have Trey Turner, who's bad leadoff a lot. It seems to me, and this is anecdotal, I haven't looked at the numbers, but it seems like in the few games that Turner's been the leadoff hitter. His first at bat of the game hasn't been very good. Like a couple three pitch strikeouts, I think. And so I don't know that Trey is a leadoff hitter anymore. I think he might thrive more with the guys on base in the three hole. And so maybe, yeah, let's see what Lux does there. Get him setting the table for Freeman and Turner. Get Will Smith back in the cleanup spot. And then, you know, then that nine spot's open, which means, hey, Justin Turner, welcome home. Listen, you bat, you bat leadoff one time a game. All it is is moving Lux down one for him to get one more. But yeah, you look at nine. He's right there already. I like the idea of, of sometimes you just got to change something up to have some fun. Yeah. Get that spark. Win the Dodgers. We talked about this last week on Who asked the you Blue Heaven podcast. I decided it's to always about you. Because <laughs> Doug gets stuck in, in things. I think he was going to go back to you. So I I'm not stuck at all. But, He's um, never stuck. Yeah. <laughs> we just about. wanted to talk. Okay? Yeah, but that's cool, man. But yeah, but we'll go to you, Clint. So <laughs> when it comes to Kevin Lux and me, moving baby. up this order, because a lot of Dodger fans, I mean, in the past, are calling him Gavin Bus, Gavin Sucks. I think a lot of these Dodger fans want to put that, get that flux to pastor going, get in the DeLorean and take back a lot of their takes when it comes to Gavin Lux. As you saw, improvement in chase rate, the strikeout rate. If you look at him in June, he leads the Dodgers in batting average on base percentage, yeah. slugging percentage, whoa, but WRC plus, F4. Do you think that at this point, I mean, you say that a lot of his success you know, might be coming because he's batting at the bottom of the order, but we can see he's their most consistent hitter along with Trey Turner over the last month. It might be a nice spark, and I think he is ready to take over the top of the lineup, but uh, Clint, would you make that move if you were a doc? I mean... I, I, I mean, I, I do agree with the idea of, the, look, there's not that much stress in the nine hole, and that probably helped him to get to where he's at. But you look at, he's improved throughout the year. Each month is a little better, a little better. Right now, the dude is primed to go on a run, take over at the top of the lineup, and I don't think there is a yes or no, right answer, wrong answer to this. I just think, why not? It can't hurt you. And guess what? Mookie's going to be back. 
Now you know. You're also test driving right now. Can this guy get it done in the leadoff spot? Okay, well, he can. Cool. Mookie, you're going back. Sorry, Gavin, you're going back to nine. But now we know. No one is at the battle. Exactly, man. I can say he's the present and he's the future. And when you consider, too, we're talking about A.J. Pollock. Trading away A.J. Pollock, that gives you more incentive to have Gavin Lux and gets more reps for Lux. So I'm going to ask everyone here, starting with you, what would be your ideal one through four at the moment? Give me your ideal one through four at the top of that Dodgers lineup right now. With Mookie gone, for me, it's pretty obviously Lux, Freeman, Trey, Will Smith. I love it. Brooke? See, I'm a little different in that because I think that uh, a lot of Bit Gavin's different. game is mental, and I don't like the fact that people want to move him out of that nine spot because we've seen what can happen with him when you try to give him too much runway on something and gets a little too in his head on things. Mm -hmm. I like him in that nine spot. I like the fact that he can turn over the batting order like that. We've now, we haven't had somebody like that in a long time. It's, uh, it's been a black hole in the last two spots in the lineup for a while now. I mean, obviously, you're counting the pitcher over the past couple of years, but whatever. When you have Austin Barnes pitcher and then you turn over the lineup, things get a little rough sometimes. I like where Lux is right now. You're not going to like this. None of you are going to like this. I already know this, and that's okay. I like Trey Turner batting in the leadoff spot. I like Max Muncie in the two-hole. I like Max Muncie if he can't hit and he can't do hit for power and he can't do anything. At least use the fact that he can get on base and can walk to your advantage. Also add in the fact that if Trey's on base, changes up the shift for him a little bit. Maybe he can start to beat the shift every once in a while, get back into his groove. That might do something. Never, ever bat Max Muncy cleanup for the rest of the season. Please. It's happening today. I don't understand it at all. Will Smith needs to be your cleanup hitter. You put Freddie in the three-hole, whatever. Changes it up a little bit. Munz. I know the dude wants to bat in the two-hole, but what's two-hole has had a lot of success in that two-hole in his career, too, if I'm not mistaken. At least his Dodger career. He, the dude is going to walk. He's yeah. going to take his walks when he can get him. He's, uh, honestly, it's, it's hurt him, I think, this season because he's like, I would prefer to walk right now because I can't hit, so let's just walk. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, but it's better than what's happening. But even with the walks... Muncie's on base percentage is like the walks have him up to about league average. Right. Yeah. right. The walks have pushed him to league average. So that's how bad he's hitting right and now. The two hole but is if you're so have much that more in the four hole. But two hitting. is so yeah. much more important than four. It is, but when you consider the fact that Where's you have dudes right behind those guys who can drive the ball for actual power, I like your chances with that. I like that you can set the table for them. I also, like again, like I said, the fact that you can have possibly, apparently not in the first at bat, but possibly have Trey on base for you with a speed threat at first base changes up defensive positioning for those guys. That can do something for you. Maybe it can't, but it's better than what we're doing right now. I will say I still prefer Gavin at the bottom of the lineup. I like still that. Gavin at the bottom. Go Trey, yeah. or Trace uh, Thompson leading up. Why do you bring Trace in if not to, to lead off? For exactly. You, you know? Change the billboards. I mean, this is a Trace, this is a Trace Thompson <laughs> team at this point. They Get the Trace Thompson bobblehead night going. I mean, I mean, I think that when you consider, too, the fact that if Mookie truly is only out for a couple weeks, how much do you really want to shake things up? Because I think when you look at these numbers, I mean, 19th in home runs this month, 19th in OPS, 18th with a, a 95 WRC+. plus. You know their struggles with runners in scoring position. I think that when it comes to Max Muncy, he's 3 for 26 since he hit that home run against the White Sox. And I think that for him, you want to keep him out of the heart of the order, leave him towards the bottom there, and maybe have him. To me, I want to see Muncy bat ninth to maybe turn over the lineup for the top of the order and maybe moving Freddie Freeman to the cleanup spot because Freddie Freeman, if you look at his numbers this season, runners on base versus runners in scoring position, you're seeing him slug more of late. But like you said, the importance of the number two hitter, I think that the fact that Mookie is going to be back hopefully very quickly from breaking that mid 
McRib. Hopefully he comes back and this team can just kind of resume where they where they were. But uh, last question I want to get into before we have a little rapid round is you like myself, you rock with Doc. I know you're a Doc defender. You think he's the right guy for this job. But I want to ask everyone here this question. The Dodgers clearly on that June swoon, 7 of 9 this month. You see the Angels, what they did to Joe Madden. You saw what the Phillies did to Girardi and the turnaround they have. My question for you is what would have to happen for Dave Roberts to be on the hot seat? What would have to happen? Uh, I think they would have to lose some games, a lot of games that were clearly his fault. I mean, the, the reason I'm mostly a doc defender is because I don't think a manager has that much impact on the game. Yeah. You know, in-game decisions, sure, he could decide to do something dumb like bat the guy who can't hit leadoff, you know, like maybe uh, somebody suggested. But, you know, overall... I'm not a manager. <laughs> get wrecked. Overall, the in-game stuff, Dave Roberts is so good with the players. Every player who's ever played for, for Dave Roberts loves playing for Dave Roberts. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of tells you everything you need to know about what he is as a manager. Safe for Puig. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so there's another check in his favor. You know, that, that's a... There are, there's definitely things Dave Roberts could do better as an in-game manager. Hopefully he's learning from his mistakes, you know. 2019 NLDS, I put firmly on Dave Roberts' shoulders. Let's use Kershaw instead of using our eight rested relievers to get these last six outs. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So there, there are definitely things Dave Roberts could have done better. Hopefully he's learning. But what he is as a people person, as the, the interpersonal part of managing a baseball team, I think he's easily the best in baseball. And... He would have to be really, really, really bad at the in-game stuff to justify even thinking about firing him. Yeah, I think that when you look about, when you talk about Dave Roberts, the way he can manage egos, the way he can ride the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of a big league season in this market with this team, it's very impressive. And always, you're going to have some moves there that you can point to. That I think one of the big misconceptions that Dodger fans have is when he makes a bad move, that it's steeped in analytics. When the reality is they're anti-analytics, it's when he right? Goes against the against analytics. the Nationals. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw you know the moves with Clayton Kershaw. He's not a reliever. I mean, there's so many moves you could point to, but let's say, uh, Brooke, I want to go to you on this one. The season as a whole, what would have to happen for Dave Roberts to possibly lose his job? Maybe miss the playoffs, maybe be an early exit in the first round. Is there anything that he could or could not do that would put him at risk of losing his job this year? I don't think any of that would make him lose his job. I just don't see a situation where, you know, if things go very poorly and they somehow miss the playoffs, which would be wild for that to happen, I still don't think, unless it was a series of games like Jeff was talking about that were Doc's fault, like bad decision making. I just don't see a way that he loses this this team. Yeah. I don't see a way that he loses this position. I, for me, it just can't happen. You, you've been in the locker room. You've seen how that dude commands yeah. a presence, how that dude commands attention from people, the respect that he has when he walks into a room, not even just from players, like from everybody who works in that organization. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. In terms of like player managers, I've just never seen anybody like him. And I don't know how you can possibly get away from that especially given how little impact that managers actually have on games in this yeah. current iteration of baseball. It would have to be a Padres 2021 level collapse. It would yeah. have to be bad, bad. And you were right. I remember when we were at spring training and we were in the clubhouse and we were around the players. The first thing I said to Brooke was like, dude, I think Dave Roberts is actually the biggest star here. I mean, he's a guy when he walks in a room, he commands that room. He has that presence. But Clint, is there anything he could do this year that could put him at risk of losing his job? I mean, he could lose his job in the court of public opinion, but that's not the people who pay him. It's uh, Mark Walter, it's Stan Kasson, it's the Dodgers. He works well with Andrew Friedman. There's not a damn thing he could do as, like, 
unless he go he shows up to work and just drops his you know, drops trowel and decides to take a dump in the middle of the field. I still don't think he'd get fired. <laughs> There's not a yeah. thing that man That's can a do. <laughs> it's a partnership, and it's a partnership it's that a he partnership has with they, the organization. Freeman. Like, yeah. like Jeff was saying, you know, there's not a better person. We've said it a million times over the years. There's not a better person to be managing a group of dudes right now. We we laugh like the people who say, "Oh, go get Max Sosha. He's a yeah. better." No, no, he's a fossil who managed to one World Series twenty sat, years ago, and then sat on the bench for ten years and <laughs> couldn't do shit with Mike Trout. Yeah, Dave Roberts is the guy. He's going to be the guy, and he's probably going to win you another uh, one or two World Series. And here's the thing I want to say about Dave Roberts: he's got a contract. To my Dodger fans out there that want to complain about the Houston Trastros, to the Trasterists for that World Series, if you want to say that that was the reason why they won that series, then you're basically saying if you're saying you have that same thought and you want to fire Dave Roberts, you want to fire basically a two-time World Series manager that basically is a guy that is on track to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he should have won in 2017. He won in 2020. I mean, this guy could have multiple rings, the same amount of rings as Tommy Lasorda. So, I mean, I think when you consider that you can't have it both ways so i mean i think doc definitely is the right guy for the job i definitely think when you see him around his players the way he handles the media the way he handles all of these stars his collection of stars he is the right guy for the job and also you have the dh in the national league so if you're afraid of his moves he's going to be making less critical moves but if there's one thing that you want to see dave improve upon what would it be jeff uh it's bullpen management i mean that that's really the one place that a manager can affect the game yep and it's the place that we've seen his weaknesses. It was Kershaw in 2019. It was uh, last year, Scherzer and Julio in relief. You know, I, I've said that game five NLDS, I didn't like the move to bring Scherzer in. Even though once yeah. Scherzer came in, I thought, sweet, we won this yeah, game. We won. But, but look at what it did. Yeah, yeah. And, and I said that at the moment. I said, I, I felt so confident when Scherzer came in, I still don't like the move. Julio coming in in relief. It's like, you have a bullpen. You've been getting this bullpen ready. It mm-hmm. was a pretty darn good bullpen. Trust them. Trust the bullpen in 2019. The Dodgers probably win that World Series, you know? Yeah. And so it's <laughs> yeah. bullpen management. But my caveat there is, in October, because I think a lot of the things Dave Roberts does during the regular season with the bullpen is to get ready for October, things that maybe don't yeah. make as much sense for today. But I want to see how Alex Vesia does mm-hmm. sitting down for an inning and then coming back out to the mound. So bring him in to get one out and then bring yeah. him back out to get the first two outs of the next inning, those up-downs or whatever you like to call them. There's a lot of things like that that I think he's doing to get ready for October. And that's the way Dave Roberts manages is my goal is to win a World Series. And I can't always prioritize going balls to the wall today to win this game because my goal is to win the last game in October. Yeah, I mean, fantastic points. Now, I always say about Dave Roberts, he has to win two just to win one with his fan base. Because you have people out there saying, oh, he got the keys to a belly. He has all this talent. I could manage this team to 100 wins. But the (laughs) bottom line is he set the franchise record in regular season wins twice. And also, you had some big swoons. Last year, they lost 15 of 20, and they come back to win 106 games. But, yeah, I mean, there are some moves that you can point to. Kent Maeda, I mean, in the NLDS, there's just certain particular moves you can point to that if the fans want ammunition, they have that ammunition. But, look, the thing is, you magnify these moves when it's the wrong move. You don't say, oh, that was the right move. Oh, that was great to put Julio in to close down the NLCS or the World Series. You know, you don't talk about those moves. That's almost the middle relief, like life of a middle reliever. You only get talked about when you're doing poorly. Nobody cares when when you're doing your job. You know, we don't talk about Phil Bickford when he has a two and a half ERA and he's just coming in, mowing dudes down and getting out. What about wins? <laughs> yeah. 
What about wins, Clint? Bust up to my boys, uh, <laughs> Ty and Tony. All right, guys. But, yeah, man, we could talk about this all day, man. I love talking some Doc. But, hey, I'm telling you, Dodger fans, Dave Roberts, Hall of Fame trajectory, should be a two-time World Series winning manager. But we're going to end on this. You heard the Snyder Cut, but this is the Snyder Cut, okay? I'm going to give you some options, and you're going to cut which one you want to cut out of this group, okay? Okay. You ready to roll? I'm and so I'm going to ask you guys, too. I'm going to ask you guys, too. Just for the record, though, I'm Snyder with an I. Snyder like with that an Zach dude. Snyder yeah. Spell it right, people. For sure, man. You heard that right there, okay, guys? Okay, so first, Dodger Dog, Nachos, Peanuts, or Garlic Fries? Uh... Anybody who says nachos is dead to me. <laughs> uh, Dodger dogs. Hot dogs aren't great anyway. Dodger dogs are middle of the road hot dogs. The only good thing about a Dodger dog is it means you're at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. You know, if, if, you, if you've ever bought a Dodger dog at AM, PM just to eat a Dodger dog, That's a good point. what are you doing with your life? <laughs> that camera? What are you doing? What are you doing? Clint told me which camera to point at when yeah. I'm angry. That's Dodger dog's angry. got it. Dodger dog means you're at Dodger Stadium. It's the only reason to eat one. I eat one every time I go there, and I think, okay, I got that over with. Now I can eat some nachos. Bonus question. What do you put on your Dodger dog? Ooh. Ooh, am I allowed to say that? Uh, I, I, I am a pure, I like mayonnaise, mustard, and ketchup on my hot dog. There it is, the Snyder special. That's what we're going to call from now on. Okay, Brooke, cut one of those. You got Dodger Dog, nachos, <laughs> peanuts, and garlic fries. Which one are you cutting? I'm cutting garlic fries because uh, they just leave you. Makes you feel bad, like you're in San Francisco. They leave you with a bad day. The rest of your day is bad because every, everybody you talk to, you hear a bounce, you feel a bounce off yeah. of them come right back to you, and you're like, that's my breath. And you I feel right greasy. Now. Yeah, don't go on dates at Dodger Stadium and get garlic fries. That's a bad move. I went on, I went on one date with a girl at Dodger Stadium many years ago, and she got garlic fries. And Last date. First and last. It's a big one. How about you, Clint? Which one are you cutting out of that group? Listen, peanuts, wasted time. You can't just throw. I'm, I'm assuming you didn't say sunflower seeds. So I'm bringing my sunflower seeds, and then I'm eating a dog, eating, eating a damn uh, nice helmet nachos, and I'm topping them off with some garlic fries. And you know what? I'm going home, and I'm feeling terrible. Hey, guys, out of all those, the one I'm cutting is none of them. Cheating on this one because I love all those foods, guys. <laughs> but uh, move right along. Option, okay. I don't even like peanuts, no, and I still chose Dr. Dog. Yeah. Really? Oh, dude, I love peanuts, man. I'm a big peanuts guy. But uh, move right along. Okay. Field of Dreams, Major League, The Sandlot, or Moneyball. Which one are you cutting? Ooh. Um, Field of Dreams, Major League, Sandlot. Field of Dreams, I guess. Field of Dreams? Yeah, I mean, people will come, but I'm not. I'm not watching that. I like Field of Dreams. I do too. But like, we uh, got a we got a trifecta here. Look, make me laugh, don't make me cry. Thank you. Yeah, Major League is fantastic. Great. Major League is so good. Phenomenal. Movie. I'm just glad that you picked four movies that I've seen. There's a ton of baseball movies I haven't. Seen. I just saw Moneyball for the first time three weeks ago. Dude, we're best friends. May hear the beginning of the show, right? I've read the book like eight times. Yeah. but I, I just saw the movie for the first time. Adapt or die, right? I mean, I, for me, I think I would. Man, for Field of Dreams, if you if you play it, I will watch. Major League's my favorite. The Sandlot. You're gonna cut them again. Sandlot was filming. I'm gonna go no cut. No, I think. Uh, Terrible man. I'm, a, I'm right cutting here. the Sandlot. I'm cutting the Sandlot. Hot take. And I love Whoa. the Sandlot. I love the Sandlot. I love the Sandlot. But, I mean, I think I'm going to cut. Uh, you don't need sound effects. I can boo him. Pepper, yeah. man, Pepperidge. Man, she's got, peanuts, Pepperidge is kind of a dime, so I'll take that back. I'll take that back, and I'm going to cut Field of Dreams. All Field right. of Dreams. The rewatchability. Oh, peer pressure works. The rewatchability. Did we, just, did we just destroy. Is that Kevin Costner in there? Yeah. We just destroyed Kevin Costner's career. You're never going to work again. That's right. Try, to, try living on your hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> you cuck. Kevin. Ray. <laughs> Kevbo. Wait, different. Hey, guy. Ray. 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 Okay. That's good. Uh, this 
Snyder cut. Koufax, Kershaw, Snyder, Oral, or Fernando? Which one are you cutting from your rotation? I know this one's going to, I mean, look, if you want to pass or you want to do it all five like I did sometimes. Yeah, I uh, might have to. Uh, Kershaw's my favorite player of all time. Koufax, I literally named a child after. Um, one of my own children, not even somebody else's kid. Um, ooh, who else did you say? Oral, Fernando? So we got, we got Oral, Fernando, Snyder, Wait, but you said I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I uh, Drysdale. Yeah. Sorry, Drysdale. Oh, okay. Drysdale. I'm not cut Uncle Duke from anything. But yeah. I had your name there. Uh, Drysdale is is the easy cut for me out of those five. Really? Yeah. I, not even for. I mean, uh, no. you oh, can't cut fame. Fernando. You yeah. can't cut Oral. Two, two historic, Love two important. Moral. Kershaw and Koufax, the two best of the five. Drysdale's the, the easy cut. Sorry, Don. How about you, Brooke? I'm cutting Fernando. Ooh. Oh, wow. Man, Muncy lead off and no Fernando. This is Brooke's yeah. team. Car- career longevity, all right? I'm going uh, I'm going everybody else in that order. I would uh, cut cut Oral, but, you know, he just makes such good car commercials now. So. I don't live in California. So I don't get that oh, They're joke. terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're really, really bad. But he's focusing on his business venture. So let him be. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Allegedly. Oh man, there, you can't cut any of them. But garlic fries. <laughs> but of the ones that that have the least staying power in modern Dodger like history, it's Drysdale. Like we don't talk about Big D. And we might so underrated. He's so underrated. If you look at, if he was still alive, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the fact that he's been dead for twenty years, it's easy to forget. He'd be him. in the media booth, right, where Fernando's sitting. Right yeah. Now. And you look yeah. at the connection with Oral, him and the the scoreless inning streak. I think I would cut Oral. I mean, Listen, Oral was such a dog in the Bulldog postseason. Single handedly got this a World, team series. world Series. He played for the Giants, though. Yeah. But I think if you just look <laughs> at the body work, the entire career. Like I said, there's no really right or wrong. I mean, there's no right answer here. You don't cut any of them, right? They're all legends. Yeah. They're all wrong. Yeah, but, you're uh, a bad man for forcing us to do this. I just want to make you guys cringe, man. So, like, we like to yeah. do it. Yeah. At, at each of them at their peak, it's between Oral and Drysdale for the, the worst of the five. I think yeah. Koufax, Kershaw, and Fernando at their peaks were all, they were easily the three best pitchers of those five. So then you're going with, yeah. and basically it boils yeah, down. Yeah, I think, yeah. I was 11 years old in 1988. Oral Hershiser means the world to me. I love you, Oral. Don't don't listen to these guys. I love you. All Cy Young winners, but Don Drysdale, he's in the Hall of Fame. So he's got that Hall of Fame trump card. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that there's not one person in the comments that shows Sandy. I'll just say that. Oh, yeah. Sandy's the go. I actually dropped a video this morning on the YouTube channel about why Sandy Koufax is the greatest pitcher of all time. So go check that out. We can talk about his peak, but we won't get too into the weeds on that one. So last one, uh, or a couple more. Uh, cut one of these How fan bases. Cut one of these <laughs> fan bases. The Giants or the Padres fan bases? Which one would you cut? Easily the Padres. Oh, Padres? Uh, yeah, oh. Giants. Like, Giants are insecure. The beat LA thing is sad. But at least... They're our actual LA. rivals. Yeah. Padres fans chanting beat LA. It's like, first of all, beat LA, it's a terrible chant. Yeah. I would never be caught dead chanting the other team's name in my chant. It's like, it's the same as let's go Dodgers. You're just changing the verb, you know? Good point. Yeah. So it's all pathetic, but Giants fans have earned the rivalry. Padres fans haven't. I like it. Brooke, which one would you cut? Ah, this was made just for me. <sighs> Give him a runway. Hey, you were in mine. Hey, the, Giants are, my team too. the Giants Please. are a real baseball team. They're here to compete. They have the longevity. They're historic. They've been around for a very long time. They're ran by competent people. They know what they're doing. They have an actual training staff full of actual medical doctors. They've known what they've done for a very long time. Uh, Padres, you guys have been fans for approximately 12 minutes now. Welcome to the show. That's even longer than Doug and I have known each other. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> congratulations, Padres fans. You're here. You did it. Congratulations. 
Congratulations. Um, no, I'm very tired of Padres fans coming out of the woodwork and suddenly talking. Giants fans, I enjoy the, the back and forth with. I've enjoyed it for a very long time. It's very much a, hey, we hate you, you hate us, there's respect there. Yeah. Padres is just like, shut up, dude. Just shut up. I'm so yep. tired of you. I'm so tired of talking to you. Just a trash, it's trash fan up. base. Also, going back to the BLA thing, never okay to say the opponent's name in yeah. your chance. Exactly. Make any sense. Unless you're saying Buck Faustin, then, you know, that's like a one-time, one-off thing where as you pass by somebody from Boston and that's it. Exactly. And the Pistons fans, they started that chant way back in Coming the 80s. Up, but uh, the, the, how about you? We go, uh, who'd you cut? The, the Dodgers and the Padres are about to play each other a whole lot over the second half of this season. And mm-hmm. it is going to be annoying. It is going to be frustrating. Padres fans don't, um, they don't know how to internet very well. And that's where they're the loudest. And we all have to be on the internet because that's how we, uh, Live, I guess. Get rid of Padres fans. You have respect for Giants fans. They've been there. We're not listening to three and five that much anymore because they realize, oh, look at that. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a statute of limitations of three and five, and we're past that one. Yeah. Anyway. No, I mean, for me, I mean, just look at They had a parade after a wild card series <laughs> win. That is my answer to that. Did you see then, the Golden State Warriors parade? That was the parade you have after a championship. I mean, they are the fraud race. To me, I go back to your point, Brooke. Like, the Giants, they're the joker to our Batman, okay? You don't want to live in a world. We don't have that intensity. We came out west together. There is a, a link there. But we know that as soon as the Padres, as soon as they become the fraudres like they mostly do that that fan base is going to disappear and it's like what fan so we're going to say jeff after the parade then they start saying mickey mouse like exactly they claim they didn't even care about that season because it didn't count they call us they say we have a mickey mouse fan uh, they say we have a mickey mouse ring but their fans are just goofy guys so but that's going to do it for this episode of the dodgers nation roundtable and thanks so much for joining us mr jeff snyder my best friend my man hey man we're hitting off man we already follow each other so we already passed that so good times but uh you can Follow him at Snydog over on Twitter. And also, be sure to listen to his podcast, the Locked On Dodgers podcast with him and Mr. Vincent Semperio. Great podcast, all things Dodger baseball all week long. And then Brooke Smith, of course, you know, the legendary host, the co-host of the Blue Heaven podcast. This is like the two greatest Dodger podcasts at the same place at the same time. Oh, Mr. Clint Pacias. I mean, this Are is like other ones? Dodgers podcast. Blue. I don't Not know. Not that I know. No, yeah, I think mm-hmm. just, just, just a two-man. It's a two-horse race. It's the Dodgers, you know, versus the Dodgers, right? But uh, Clint, this is Mr. Real F. <laughs> RG, you, you can want, follow him. If you want fart jokes, you come to us. If you want every day, you go to them. <laughs> it's good we, balance. We got you on, on YouTube. But today, you guys are locked on Dodgers Nation. But uh, see you guys next time. Of course, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we want all your takes on all these topics as well. Do you think the Dodgers should shake up their lineup? Should they move up Gavin Lux? Do you think that Trace Thompson can have an impact on the Dodgers? What would it take for Dave Roberts to be on the hot seat. Give us all your takes down below. And also Craig Kimbrell, do you think that is going to be a buzz for the Dodgers at the end of the day? So we want your takes down below. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and we out. I love you, Oral. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just three thirty-three. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.